trying to think of a new because we're changing things up. I got nothing. So maybe just the intro is now. Formerly known as fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to be a better father and swear less around my kids. So yeah. Welcome to After the Hype with me, your host is always Brian Dressel. With me as well now always Jonathan Hardesty. Darn tootin'. Uh, Chewy Darso might pop in at some point. But we don't know yet. Uh, and then we have Mr. Johnny Wrecker here. Oh, hi. Uh, we're doing kind of a, a Demon Days episode sort of yeah, thing sure. here right now. We're Demon missing, Days reunion. Yeah, we're missing some of the people, but that's okay. I'm sure they're not feeling left out. They've got no FOMO going on, right? Yeah, they all you rolled. Can speak for them. They all rolled ones on uh, appearing on their, today. Yeah, on their appearance checks uh, well, for today. There you go. <laughs> um, so a little bit of housekeeping right up front. Uh, we're back from hiatus. Clearly, or you would not be listening to this episode. Right. Um, but coming out of hiatus, we are changing things just a little bit. And there's no reason to be afraid of change. Change is good. Change is good. And change will be helping Don't us. fear change. Um, I fear change. But it's okay. I'm just telling you it's going to be fine. Um, unfortunately, and this is this is the sad part. I'll get it done and out of the way. Sam and Emily will not be joining us on every episode from here on out. We're hoping they pop in every now and then. Um, but just due to scheduling and whatnot, it's just probably not going to work anymore. And then such lovely people like Johnny Wrecker will not be joining us as much uh, because we are going to be doing a little bit more of a toned down and poignant specific show of just the three co-hosts of me, John, and Chewy. And uh, it should make the conversations a little bit more lively. It should be a lot more fun. Uh, we're going to be changing up the, a few of the segments and whatnot. So a lot of changes coming up, and I'm really excited about all of them. Uh, and I hope you are too. And you can still hear, obviously, Sam on two podcasts in our network on both Demon Days and uh, her own show, Samwise. And then Emily, hopefully, will get her dog's podcast going at some point here. Um, she's been working really hard on it, but she's also been working really hard on all of the awesome jobs she's been getting. So, And work those jobs, man. I tell exactly. you what. Exactly. So it's like uh, there's no no hard feelings, of course. But hopefully, at some point, her schedule will allow her to make her what I'm assuming can only be an amazing podcast. So they will still be around. They're not gone forever. Just not on this show as much anymore. So it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was all the housekeeping, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. And we'll just do a couple real quick plugs right up in front. Of course, for me, listen to Venture Bros every Monday, the Venture Brothers podcast. Uh, for these two gentlemen, I'm guessing you should listen to Demon Days. Oh, yes. Uh, definitely. Recommended. Yes. Oh. Listen uh, for this guy to do all his sneaky shit. There you go. What? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I'll toss out... Uh, Unicorn Store is on Netflix right now. It's very exciting. Brie Larson, Sam Jackson had a great time making that one. It's her directorial debut, right? Yes, that yeah. is her directorial debut, and it was cool to be on the team with her for that. Um, and also, uh, June the 2nd, uh, Perpetual Grace Limited, a uh, new series from Steve Conrad, who you may know from Patriot, a very underappreciated show on Amazon, uh, will be on Epic's. I'm going to have to find it, but I spent five months out in New Mexico doing that, and I think it's a profoundly good show yeah, that everyone is going to hopefully enjoy. It's a gothic western modern noir with Sir Ben Kingsley and Jimmy Simpson and Louis Guzman. It's going to be your new favorite show. So you should. It watch looks it. interesting from the ads that I've been getting. Yeah. Every single ad break on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen those yet because I don't get Hulu ads anymore because I, I paid the extra three bucks. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, worth checking out. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, John, anything else to plug? Uh, no, I'll. I'll we've, we've we've already covered Demon Days. That's a yeah. a good show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to play. I my, like it. Yeah. My my part in Demon Days is very little. It takes me like a half an hour. So I like the, I like I the few people who have mentioned that like. 
it took him a second. It took me a second, but that's Brian, isn't it? Oh, I'm like, oh yes, that's the the best way to warm my heart. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've I've liked that feedback because yeah. it's like, cool. What else can I sneak well, in here with you? Yeah, for me, it's just like, oh, it's working, it's working, it's working. Uh, <laughs> also, I've started getting really fond of that uh, that the character you're starting to form with your voice. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. I just like the the demon days. Like, yeah. I just, it's just fun. To that's say. why I write them in all caps because I'm picturing you saying it that way. Yeah. <laughs> It's just fun to say. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, uh, let's move into a where have you been doing? I can go first, because sure. not to say that Johnny Show won't be my new favorite show, but I have to talk about my new favorite show, which is, of course, Doom Patrol. Um, if you have any way to see Doom Patrol, which IGN uh, has the pilot uh, totally free, uh, you can find it there, uh, fully uncensored and stuff, just like it would be on the DC app. Uh, otherwise, it's worth a subscription at least to watch the show. And the final episode comes out tomorrow as of this recording. Um, so it's not doing like, all episodes at once? No, no, DC does uh, segment it out. So it's Interesting. week to week to week to week. Uh, so this one ends and then Swamp Thing starts, and then Swamp Thing ends, and I think Young Justice starts again, and then that ends, and then I think it's either... Stargirl or Titans season two. Yeah. Um, but cool. They, they have pretty much a new episode every Friday of every week throughout the year. That's great. Yeah. Swamp Thing looks fantastic. Swamp Thing I'm looks excited. so good. Uh, but Doom Patrol, I, I never thought I'd find a show this weird and wonderful. Like it's kind of like it scratches that itch that I didn't get scratched by Legion season two because I thought Legion was going to be the best show ever. And then season two really let me down. Uh, I didn't even finish the first episode because I'd been like, whoa, you lost the magic. I'm not sure where, but it's gone. And this show is, in my opinion, near perfect. It's based on a Grant Morrison comic book. Uh, it has uh, the best cast I've seen in a show in a long time with Alan Tudyk and Timothy Dalton and Brendan Fraser, if, oddly enough. And it, it's oh, just nice. so good. And it's just so weird. And I think that's what I like about it the most is like it's the oddest comic book show possible while not just being weird for weird sake mm. like everything makes sense and like they're not trying hard to hit that weird spot they're just like this is what we are exactly and if you okay. were to list out the things that happen it sounds like they'd be trying too hard like in the first episode there's a black hole inside of a donkey that he farts out and it swallows a town like it's a weird <laughs> show <laughs> fantastic <laughs> it's like and that's tip of the iceberg and like alan tudyk plays the villain mr nobody who and it's i he's incredibly fourth wall breaking throughout the entire show. Like he gets mad when episodes aren't about him. He's like, the last episode had nothing to do with me. Like, what is this? And there'll be a part where they'll cut to him and he's wearing doom patrol merchandise next to the poster of the show with like a DC comics hat on. Like it's, yeah. Wow. Okay. Just bonkers, but so, so good. So you're starting to win me over with the, the meta fourth wall breaking stuff. I mean, there's a cockroach that is all about the end of the world and it will just scream about how, like, whenever something crazy happens, like, the end is here! The end is here! Father! <laughs> and it's like, it's so... I, I, I can't stress enough. It's so brilliant. good. Uh, so if you have any way to watch it, check it out. And if you don't, I'd say just get the app for a month. Just the one month just to at least watch this show because it's so good. And that's only a problem if you live in the States. Apparently, if you live anywhere else in the world, it's on Netflix. And if you have a way to find that... I didn't say it, so I'll just leave that there. <laughs> There's absolutely no other way, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure when it hits Netflix. I'm sure it'll be soon, because I think Titans aired like the week after it finished here in the DC app on yeah. international Netflix, so it'll probably be about the same. Uh, but again, I don't know how you do that, so if you do, good for you. Uh, that's the end of my very long where have I been doing, because it's just so good. I could talk for days about it. All right, I'll go next. I've been on this really long journey of catching up on Naruto Shippuden, the anime that... 
is about, oh God, 500 episodes long, mm-hmm. counting filler. And so I've taken the tack of filtering out all the filler episodes. There's a website that conveniently does it for you now, even so far as to paying this episode half and half. So unfortunately, I have to watch those. Anyways, I'm at episode 451-ish, and wow. we're near the end. And I got to tell you, the payoffs for everything that I've been watching for years is just great. Like, it's weird having good payoff when you're not used to it. <laughs> no, no shade in anything else. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Game of Thrones. Right. I was trying to be. I was trying to be vague, <laughs> but to have payoff, but then like lore that it makes things so much more interesting and recontextualize what you've watched. There's a lot of smart things going on in this back section that is awesome. I don't know. It's really cool to see that all that time I've put into it is actually being rewarded. And uh, I can't wait to see how it ends. But, man, I've got like 50 episodes fifty episodes left. It's closer than you were at one. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, Johnny, what about you? Guys, hear me out. We are on the verge of the next great era of professional wrestling. It's coming. <laughs> Get ready if you had uh, waited to admit to yourself that you were a fan, if you'd been a fan during the Monday Night Wars, now's the time. Uh, AEW, uh, big pay-per-view next weekend, double or nothing, uh, all independent. They just got a TV deal with Turner. They're going to Tuesday nights. The independent scene's better than it ever has been. Lucha Underground is on Hulu. I mean, it's not on Hulu, but it's on like Amazon Prime. Catch up on the three seasons of that that are absolutely brilliant. The McMahons will always be the McMahons, but Triple H is really trying something with NXT. The young talent out there is amazing. The women's division is better than it's ever been. If you have been sleeping or trying to forget that you were a fan of professional wrestling, now is the time. Even if you live in Los Angeles or around, independent wrestling shows are bigger than they've ever been. In LA, bar wrestling is fantastic. PWG is almost impossible to get tickets for. It's so popular. Like, now's the time. And there's a young generation of talent um, that is just exceptional athletes. And we all get, and, and on top of that, there's even people looking at the, we all understand that it's scripted. We all understand. And it's about just appreciating the art form. Uh, and even then, there's a great docuseries that I've been obsessed with uh, that Viceland put out called The Dark Side of the Ring which breaks down some of the biggest classic kind of tragedies and interesting stories uh, in a very like uh, unsolved mystery sort of way. So like, guys, I I don't know. I I got trapped in New Mexico for months and found myself just watching NXT. (laughs) And that just put me down a rabbit hole uh, where I've just admitted that I enjoy professional wrestling and that's okay. What if I never liked it? Like, I was just never into it. I had friends who tried to get me into it. They tried to play the games or just watch the shows or just anything. Yeah, and it just I never mean, clicked. There's, I would say, there are definitely, then I would say, avoid the, like, WWE still feels like WWE. Okay. Um, but I, what I'd say is maybe try NXT. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, like my wife, Ray, I think I'm going to out you, honey. I'm sorry. Um, she will love, uh, she loves Lucha Underground, which okay. it, they do a lot more weird backstage story stuff as opposed to like just cutting promos there's demons and gods and (laughs) this season uh, i'm on season three and uh brian cage who's a fantastic wrestler gets a hold of essentially what is the aztec version of the infinity gauntlet and he's wandering around (laughs) smashing people's heads like it it is it takes the uh mexican luchador tradition 
very seriously and it's just gonzo and she appreciates it for that and then there's amazing wrestling on top of that so maybe lucha underground as a way to that just, sounds interesting for sure yeah check it out um it's it's great and it's very la like yeah. for the la part of you it's all boyle heights and stuff and, and it, it's just it it feels very local in a way that i appreciate something i can be proud of that sounds awesome I, chewy and i when we first started dating we went to an uh like a local wrestling place in chicago and yeah. we just watched show and that was the only time i ever enjoyed like the quote-unquote professional wrestling was the amateur show that i saw in chicago oh yeah it's like, that uh, was a blast it, it now's the time yeah. a, a year from now everyone's gonna have their aew shirts on yeah but i told you first <laughs> Uh, since Chewie has not joined us yet, that will be the end of Where Have You Been Doing? And it is time to talk about Shin Godzilla. Oh, I love it. I'm ready. Uh, we're getting ready for Godzilla King of Monsters to come out, of course. We're all excited. We've yeah. Have you guys read the pre-reviews at all? No, no. No, I'm trying to go in blind. I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed, I know it's country. I like Skull Island a ton. I love Skull Island. I like Skull Island a ton. I liked the last Godzilla a ton, though yep. I figure, and we'll get into this when we get into yep. it. The, uh, the Godzilla, could, it would have been better if they'd have gone more like Shin, I think, and not got so tied up in people we don't super care about. But uh, I, a good movie. The Godzilla yep. action in the Godzilla reboot's fantastic. So I'm I am very excited. The the and little the bit of, of monsters. Yeah, the little I've heard about King of Monsters is that they nail the Godzilla action and there's just a lot more of it. Which I'm into. Like I, I will get into the balance of action versus movie and Godzilla movies like we have in every time we've ever covered one of them. Cuz that's um, that's the thing. That's part of it. Is, yeah, there's definitely how a How does balance. it balance it this time? Yeah. Um but we'll get into that shortly. Uh cuz first we need to do a breakdown of Shin Godzilla. Uh, Johnny, I'm looking at you. Oh boy. Yeah. I was wondering new format. Are we still am I still on the hook? You're you're no longer on camera, but you're still Oh yeah, on the okay. Hook. We'll get right. we'll, we'll save everybody <laughs> We that. took off some of that pressure, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm ready. Uh I I'm not. I did not have a a timer at all. Uh, <laughs> 5 extra minutes to break I'm down. <laughs> professional. Uh so we're still going to do 30 seconds. So 30 seconds okay. for Shin Godzilla. Think you can do it? Yeah. I think you can. I think this one's It'll be a little elevator pitchy, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. That's fine. All right, so here we go. Shin Godzilla in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go! What initially uh, presents itself as a natural disaster uh, in Japan turns out to be the coming of some sort of strange monster. The Japanese government uh, struggles to react to the crisis. Uh, when traditional military and scientific strategies, political strategies fail, uh, Rando Shiguri and a team of rogue scientists figure out how to contain and deal with this monstrosity known as Gojira. That works. All right. Yeah. You had a little bit of time left. Too, Woohoo. So, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Perfect. I feel good about it. You should. <laughs> uh, I kind of, uh, the, the I think the best place to start on this one would be with the social commentary aspect of it and kind of hearkening back to the original Gojira or Godzilla, however you want to call it. Because uh, I've seen most of the Toho Godzilla movies, uh, either through my own or uh, Chewie is obsessed with them. So like even for one of her like, Christmas presents above Johnny's head right now, we're recording. He's a oh, huge yeah. stuffed Godzilla. Like Godzilla is in our house. Um, but I felt like after the first one, they kind of stopped doing the commentary quite as much. And it was more about the spectacle and the show and the fun. Um, and this was the first one for me that kind of went back to, no, we have something very important to say and we're doing it through Godzilla. Oh, sure. And I think that's what was surprising to me because I was going in kind of expecting that more like, here's the spectacle, spectacle. And I wasn't ready. I was, I was kind of like, if, you know, I was pushed aside, I was blown away almost in yeah. a weird way over exaggeration just how like it was about commentary more so than other ones 
Yeah, and there's there's uh there's I, was, a, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting it at all. Well, the way I described it to Chewie about halfway through, I'm like, this is like House of Cards, but if oh, Godzilla sure. was the plot. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, somebody I saw I was lucky enough to see this in the theater uh, a couple of years ago and was just absolutely blown away by it. And a friend of mine pitched it as like this is an Aaron Sorkin Godzilla movie. Like, yeah. This is House of Cards with oh, Godzilla. Yeah. And I was like, cool, sign me up. Like yeah. I am I am ready to see it. And yeah, I think uh, and again, I'm sure this has been covered on one of your other, but like go back and find the original Japanese 54 cut of Gojira yeah. and just how many just crying children are in that movie. They're just long panning shots of crying mothers next to dead bodies. And yeah. I think that the American cut kind of took some of that out of it. Well, even because- to the point, and I love that in this movie, they even mentioned the like, oh, Godzilla is this American name. Yeah. Or Gojira, which is this Japanese. And they, I love that they kind of, and then, you know, subtly wink at the camera to like, you know, this <laughs> Subtlety is. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not sure if I'd say subtle, but it's. Yeah. They, they make their opinion pretty well known throughout. And I, I think that's actually why I liked it as much as I did. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they didn't really try to hide anything. Like the American character in this thing is obnoxious. Oh, she's amazingly the worst. Yeah. And I love her. Uh, I, I think she's great. Like the, the few times she's like, when I'm president, that's like, oh. Oh, yeah. But I also love that. It, you <laughs> Chill know, down, Naruto. <laughs> but, yeah, but they also, and I think it was nice as opposed to going like blonde lady. Yeah. That they do this, you know, you, you hear about, oh, the American envoy, the American, oh, the senator's daughter, and she shows up, she's half Japanese, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, because America, guys, what did you think? As opposed to, to go back to some of those, like, particularly Hong Kong, I think is a little worse at it than Japan, but like, like look at old Jackie Chan movies, the like, all the white people oh, are yeah. like the whitest. <laughs> well, like, even like, a, like you go to the host, like the Americans oh, at yeah. the front of the host, like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, one of my favorite, I get, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I love that, and I think something that some of the American movies, and I think it's an American storytelling convention thing that we, it would behoove us to break a little, is I love, they just throw people at you. Yeah. And they just throw them at you. And it's just like, you know, you have good old Rando uh, Shiguri, who is the, the, if anything, our vassal, our connection. He's the yep. young assistant who's just kind of in the background. But, like, there's so many just, like, I, I love the and you know Ray and I when we talk about it the 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 amount of different conference rooms and yeah. as like a storytelling convention of like we got to move to the fourth floor and then everybody gets up and moves yeah um, it almost yeah. becomes comedic at a certain point it's its own kind of comedy that we're now meeting in the next well, room the, and it's the, like well we got we got to leave now to the, take the prime minister to the next meeting room <laughs> so the problem like, is that yes it's funny but the the thing is the movie was made as a commentary on the tsunami in Japan and how their government was just so bogged down with red tape that nobody could do anything to help anyone. So like the whole moving from room to room to this, to that, to the other, and nothing got done and no decisions were made. They're looking at the prime minister. Like you have to make a decision. He's like, well, that, I don't know though. I can't. Yeah. And it's like, that's cause that's what happened. Even down to the, the crucial moment. Can we fire? Wait, there's one person there. We cannot fire. Yeah. And but then, uh, but, but the way that that through the, the command gets translated as civilians and it's like yeah. the, the movie very clearly shows these two little old people walking. But by the time it goes through the chain, and again, I love how many people are in this. I love how many levels you go through. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's a watching a movie with your mom, not to gender it, or your dad. <laughs> like, it's the worst nightmare of, like, 
they would just be like, who's that person? Who's that person? Yeah. Why do I care about this? And you're just like, just watch because they just take you through this bureaucratic ladder so fast. Oh, that yeah. You can't even really lock on to people. I don't think that. And I think it's great that in those moments, the camera does the most like whiplash inducing movements yeah. because like that's what we're that's what's happening to us thematically in these moments we're, we're being like dragged through like uh, quicksilver dragging someone through like hold on to your neck you know well, especially like those scenes where there's like in one big conference room there's three or four meetings going on and then like one person will catch one sentence out of the other one like wait what yeah <laughs> over the shoulder like yeah. the junior assistants at like the, the back of the room are like uh sir and it's just i no it's also hashtag relatable content to any party i've ever been to or yeah. i'm sitting in the middle of the room and like i like that conversation and that one too and yeah. that one too yeah it, it, they did a really good job with it it's kind of like what johnny's been saying like just by throwing that many people at you because it's not like there's like, oh, well, there's just some extras in the background. It's like, no, almost everyone in the room has a speaking role. And it's yeah. kind of, imp- it had to be a nightmare on set. But Oh, sure. But and I think it's something that they did well in this movie is everyone kind of had a stereotypical trait or something that was common that kept happening that in with less characters would be seem one, like two, one note. Like this person's always kind of sarcastic. This person's always kind of like blasé and... But they use those as like the anchor points so we can be, oh, that's that person again. Even though I don't necessarily recognize, remember her, I just know that she was also very quick to like make fun of people. Right. Yeah. And it lets you, it, it, it makes folks relatable because you just, you lock into, oh, this is the doddering old general who really just wants to blow everything up. Yeah. This is the overly cautious. Like it helps in a movie that is really about a system more than it is about the people within that system. It's really, you know, and, and about how the old system and the new system look at things differently. It is really a lot about you just immediately latching onto archetypes, immediately just grabbing at, Oh, I know who the, like, cause the movie doesn't want you really to process the internal life of the very sad, like junior biology student who really figures out all of the stuff when uh when she gets brought in it's just like cuz she is very kind of closed and quiet yeah. but she's the one who has those perspectives that ultimately kind of push things forward but like yeah i get it i know who that is she's yeah. very studious she knows what she's talking about you know and that's all i need to know let's get back to you know yeah and uh, for uh, western audiences specifically american audiences it has to be a little jarring like just the not having a point person not really having a main character like the guy i, I forget his character's name and i only really know him as a fuck bomber uh yeah because <laughs> i just want him to scream fuck bombers yeah throughout the entire movie but you know what, it what seemed like it was on the tip of his tongue at yeah every it's point. almost there it was almost there <laughs> like, just, just grab a camera you're missing all this good b-roll just walk up to the corpse of uh, gorgiro and be yeah. like fuck bomber <laughs> <laughs> Two people from Why Don't You Play in Hell in this movie. I was very excited to see both of them. Yeah. Um, but like the he was kind of our point person, but other than him, like everyone else is just kind of fluid. Like the American person is like, oh, well, there she is, but then she just kind of disappears for a long time. And like yeah. it, it took a second for me to kind of get into that idea of like, oh no, I'm watching the story is just the story. It's not any one person's story. It's not even really Godzilla's story. Like even even the big guy himself is just more of a like a symbol of destruction and whatnot. Than yeah. actually really a th- like he's obviously a threat i don't know how else to say and mystery too which yeah. i think is the again going into this without knowing anything about it i think we all assumed uh, you know and i and i think hopefully you're listening to this podcast after because uh, we're spoiling some of the best parts of the movie yeah. i think but um the initial i thought in the classic like toho tradition the first thing that crawls out of the water is almost certainly the enemy 
is yeah. the monster. Is that's what I thought too. I was like, okay, then. Uh, so we were still waiting for Godzilla to show up. Yeah, and that was <laughs> nope. they played with that expectation. I thought for fans of Godzilla movies, perfectly because even like the big googly eyed, yeah. <laughs> just just the meat slopping <laughs> monstrosity that comes crawling out of the canal. It, it, you're just like, oh, that doesn't. But then I don't know. I love. Uh, well, so then once it stood up, you're like, oh shit, that's actually. Yeah, well, uh, this is the only monster we're oh, getting. That's the big guy. <laughs> it's tiny little baby arms. I, I feel like every every stage of the reveal of Godzilla, the monster in this movie, was just as delightful as in the uh, remake recently. Yeah, uh, where we say the blue glow on his back suddenly realize he like he's gonna shoot something out. Yeah, where it was like every moment of that for the monster was that moment in this movie. Where and it's I, like, oh, that's, that's that's Godzilla. Oh, he's got this. Oh, he's got this. Oh God. Uh, I, yeah. It was great. <laughs> I, I also really, I mean, just kind of moving into the big man himself, uh, I like that they weren't afraid to play with him a little bit. Like, I feel, especially after, say, the the travesty of the Matthew Broderick movie, we're like, all right, we're going to update Godzilla. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Came out Raptor the weekend of my prom. Yeah. I will never forget senior prom. Godzilla came out that weekend. <laughs> it's just... Oh, that was a rough one. But Oof. like that was the thing. Like the, even like the Japanese have just changed his name to Zilla, and he was in Final Wars, and the oh yeah, the proper Godzilla smacks the shit out of him. Oh, um, it's fantastic. I love Final Wars. It's such a good movie. Oh, it's basically Jesus. kind of a Power Rangers movie, so I'm I'm a little biased, but it's right. great. Um, either way, so like this one, I I was surprised. Like when his lower jaw splits, and it's like a little bit different, and it's like oh, oh yeah. they're they're willing to play with the formula. Also, a like bit. the blood gills thing, I thought was yeah. just amazing I, w- I it was so gross i was like i wasn't expecting that level of just grotesqueness from the monster yeah especially from godzilla like he's a character that we've known for years decades and decades yeah and to get something new out of him and new not in a way that kind of made us go like say yeah the matthew broderick one or even like the the even the gareth edwards one was better like it was still like it's a little cgi heavy and it, he looked a little chunky for some reason like but i still liked the design he was yeah. still godzilla it definitely kind of caught us in our uh, expectations for this like it was like yeah. you think you know what you're getting into we're gonna kind of trip you up with that we're gonna fuck with you a bit oh, yeah sure and people i think the biggest complaint i i've seen online is about the big googly eyes yeah but it's just like it's a baby it's a tiny little weird baby yeah. so it's unsettling it's very unsettling and by the time though by the time that brow line that classic brow lines yeah. there and there's those tiny little beady death marbles uh <laughs> it, it, like the shit has hit uh the fan um yeah and like the the threat of just this clumsy toddler crashing through the city becomes this very real and terrifying threat and i and that that's right about the time that all of the military solutions just fail spectacularly oh yeah and that's when like the prime minister dies and just yeah. like it just goes completely insane and oh, then- and the movie goes there You're, when you don't watch movies like this enough you kind of get used to people not dying yeah and i'm I always like when i'm taken back by it versus sure. like it's like even the people who ha- should have plot armor for a movie like this don't. Yeah. Well, I, I think that also is, it's a product of the not having a really set main character. Like there's obviously like a lead actor. Like there's always a number one on a call sheet, but it it wasn't necessarily like, oh, this I, is his movie. The funny thing was I said after the Gareth Edwards one, my favorite, I was like, why isn't this a, why isn't this a um, almost an anthology movie where we take one as opposed to you're having your one plot armored hero marine survive through all of this stuff 
Like, why isn't it more about the handoff of people as Godzilla moves down the coast of like someone you see someone try their damnedest, flip that switch or hit that button or do that one thing heroically to 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 bend Godzilla's course and then they sacrifice themselves. Yeah, how interesting would it have been to like incapacitated and then you pass the baton on to the next person like that. And again, in this movie, while it still does kind of anchor itself around um, like uh, Asakana, the prime minister's assistant and Rando, there's there's like a half dozen people who kind of live through the whole thing. Yeah, but it does very much. It's about the person, you know, the way it cuts to the military folks who are just on the ground the folks in the helicopters, like you're, you're, it's, it's whoever's that close. Yeah. It, and it's not that like game of Thrones travel problem of like, wait, how did this guy get, wasn't he in just in San Francisco? Like, yeah. how did he get, or how there? did they survive through all this? Right. There's kind of a sense of like the people who, you know, everyone in anything we make creatively has some degree of plot armor, but it's the logic behind it that allows us to kind of accept it. Yeah. And this worked like the people who survived worked because Logically, they were smart enough. They were the quickest to get out of the way. They were able to do the right thing and be lucky. And they're yeah. also and it worked. It yeah. made sense. And they're also so far removed from the actual conflict. Yeah. Like you see that the recursive kind of layers of like down to the guy pressing the button on the helicopter to fire the missile, the whole way yep. back to uh, the kind of protected uh, conference rooms uh, and think tanks. And the movie, I think, does a great job in an editorial sense, particularly at the beginning of like quiet, contemplative discussions where people are talking in circles about like, uh, you know, uh, fiscal ramifications yeah. of destruction <laughs> in the harbor. And then you cut to just ships being crammed up the harbor and oh, people yeah. running and screaming. And it does it really captures that uh, like the aloofness sometimes of like i love one of my favorite scenes in the movie i was when i rewatched it last night is the and it's they do a great like it's through kind of on the screen kind of this uh this lens of like you're looking through the paper and it's all just like legalese and they're trying to to debate it's a bunch of young lawyers debating the legal ramifications of can they actually have an attack on japanese soil from the military towards this and like well it's not a foreign power it's not a like can we actually legally in our constitution have the prime minister like authorize martial force towards whatever this is and i it's magic and then you cut to godzilla just knocking over an apartment building with a toddler in it you know what i mean it's like it's uh, it's that balance of the 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 red tape that they kept talking about. oh yeah it's like the the government needs to act needs to act well, I'm not sure if we can do this, that, or the other because of the people are dying. Yeah. Yeah, but we need to make sure that we people are still dying. And it's like that that balance, especially the editing, like you said, was just so good. Like, yeah. There's reasons this movie, I think, is fantastic. Uh, we're going to pause really quick while Chewie gets set up, and then we'll be right back. What's up, After the Hype fans? It's Sam, occasional co-host and special guest on After the Hype and full-time host of the Sam Wise Advice Podcast, in which I, Sam, answer all of your questions about life using the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions and their special features. If you want your question featured in the podcast, give me a call at 608-561-2755, texting works too, or email me at sam.wise.ath at gmail.com and tune in every Tuesday to hear your questions answered. 
Someone dropped the bass and they didn't bring it back. How rude of them. A bad DJ. I turned myself off instead of turning you on. That sounds right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <that sounds> right. <laughs> and we're back. Hey. Let's keep sounds that in. Hashtag right. marital problems. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the, no, and even the way that, because um, you know the breath weapon's coming. And the way that it kind of weirdly like super saiyans up. Yeah. It like it's just everything they did is just a little different. In a way that's not like a green like green goblin costume. Like you think about the great classic failures yeah. and redesign. Everything about this is sl- it's surprising and just but in a way that you're just like hot damn. Like these yeah. people have like you know, I think if they would have never gone to lasers out the back or breath weapon or whatever um, we would feel like it's like, oh, well, you, oh, did you make the realistic Godzilla movie and you didn't yeah. give us what we wanted? And the fact that they still got there is just a testament to, how yeah, goddamn good this movie. Well, is. I think yeah. there's also a, when people are like complaining about a thing or they like, I didn't get what I want, what I wanted. It's not so much people didn't get what they wanted. It's more like you didn't challenge what they were expecting. Like there's kind of a sense of. I was I wasn't ready for the new thing. Like they gave me something I didn't know I wanted out of this. It was just that upgrade. Yeah. And I think there's a, a level of care in creating that sort of thing where it's not just giving people what they want. It's like, well, how can I exceed your expectations? How can I twist it? How can I twist that to be a little bit different? To be like, that's cool. That's cool. What about this? Yeah. yeah. Not not different for different sake, but legitimately better. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like I I think they did a, a great job balancing that. Um, but we've been really, really nice to this movie throughout this entire episode. And I want to talk – it's not my complaint because I really don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, but I was just kind of going through like the internet and just trying to find like what didn't people like about this. And the, the biggest one that I saw – and just kind of around the table want to see what you guys think about it – is that they say the climax is very boring whereas like the middle action sequence was amazing. And they say because of that, it just kind of feels like it just kind of peters out because – Here's an awesome action sequence. Here I, we are freezing him. I strongly disagree. Yeah. Because I I think that's a that's that's a very that seems a very artillery centric, a very bullet centric view of it. Sure. Um I love the idea, even from a if you think of a storytelling or like a D aspect of like, so if you tried to smack it and you just smacked it as hard as you could <laughs> and that doesn't work what what next you smack it with something harder yeah then you then you <laughs> bigger hammer you know it's, yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, we need the a marvel bi- way a yeah. bigger gun you yeah. know and but it's like no well let's collapse buildings on it let's yeah. the train bombs are nuts and the way they yeah. kind of shoot up and wrap around him like yeah. and then just like guys construction cranes for the win so yeah. like deep cut <laughs> construction equipment that you didn't know existed just pumping coolant into them and i think that's amazing and i've seen those in real life that's what they used to use uh to put down cement yeah that's what they're really used for huge amounts and i'm just like that it's one of the most creative in a world where again we love the toho movies i don't think that's really you know they're they're degrees of but like when you don't have like uh uh a fleet of young teenagers in a mech. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? And well, and we're love- used to the, the pattern now of just escalation. Like you said earlier, we're just throwing bigger, bigger and more blunt things at the thing. Yeah. Whereas I too, like it dragged a little bit in terms of pacing at the end for me, but I actually, I liked that they came about it with smarts and they solved the problem 
with intelligence and cleverness. Yeah. And that we got to see that kind of play out in a more dragged out sort of thing. I'd like to see if like if this swapped positions with say something like Doctor Strange, which I think had my next favorite unconventional finale. Oh, sure. Like I'd love to see if like if that was just in the zeitgeist and then this movie came out as opposed to it being the other way around, if people would be kinder to it because I think it's just and again it's a it's it's the young generation with new ideas winning the day yeah and in a way that's not classic militarism it's not and i just i don't know i think we like to see things blow up i get that yeah of course you know i think that is a wonderful reflection on just the divide between generations which this movie is a bit about yeah because uh the older generation from us definitely just went what's the bigger bomb what's the how can we hit it how can we suppress it yeah and now this our our generation's like that type of thinking got us to where we are and we don't like it. So we really do need to work together and think about it for a bit. And a lot of times the older generation still puts us down even when we try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the thing in this movie that I thought was really great was there's that one line, I don't remember it specifically, but where the, uh, the guy basically said like, I've already seen my country get bombed once. I don't want to see it get bombed again. And oh, it's sure. Just like, yeah, that makes sense. They're very clear about the like, Gojira as like the um, manifestation of the fear yeah. of being nuked. Like there, there, there's a couple like almost look directly into the camera moments of like this is what this is about. I yeah. know that in the last 60, 70 years we've bent this to make it about guys in rubber suits knocking over buildings, but yeah. it's like it's very much a refocusing of like this is this is about the fear on the movie makes a point to also uh switch over into english speaking like into the english language at a few times and i felt like that kind of hit it home even more based off of that like yeah. that fear pointing it at like kind of pointing that reflection at us as as the bombers we are mostly the bombers in this and the aggressors and the ones who are like aggressively trying to de- detain this monster and take it out and they always break into english at certain points and it always felt like a deep cut and that, that was well, a point i kind of liked that I don't think it was just about nuclear bombs. Cause, I mean, yeah, that is classically what Godzilla is about. Have you, you guys talked about yeah, we did the tsunami, the tsunami. The tsunami okay. and yeah, everything else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, to me, that again, the nuclear thing is a is a thing of the past. Yeah. And this is with the again with the new generation dealing with the ramifications of the adults thinking we can control nature, and ignoring all this like these warnings of like no something bad will happen if you like build here or build this or do that and Godzilla to me is a direct reflection of that in this movie about this is nature reacting to you trying to squash it and it's I don't know I lost my train of thought I'm sorry <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> you, you were making some good points I, yes and again it to me is very generational film in that regard because yeah the entire older generation is thinking about the nuclear bomb and the new generation is thinking about look what you did yeah well the the other thing in this movie that that we really haven't talked about is that nuclear bomb is coming and they in the third act of the movie there's a time like there's a clock ticking yeah we need to defeat this thing before essentially and they, they say america a lot but it's also the america and the u.n like they are not going to allow Godzilla to attack any other country. Like he's already in your country and we want to put him down. Yeah. So either figure it out by this point or we're sending the bomb. Yeah. And if he ever wakes up, we're sending the bomb. Like yeah. it's just like, yeah, we're, we're going to let you try. 
but if you fuck it up, we don't care what you say. We're bombing him. And it's like that clock and just like that that over like that overreaching and like the we can do your country better than you can is just like it, it is so like I don't want to say on the nose because that's not what I mean, but like it's so like obvious and done so well of like no, this is has to be insanely insulting to them. Like, yeah, just the idea that everyone in the world thinks they can run your country better than you is just so fucked up, and they yeah. nail it. I think. But and I, but I, I and I love the grand finale as like we fixed it. We didn't get nuked, but now there's frozen Godzilla in the middle of Tokyo, just towering over there, and he's even in your nice wrap ups. They yeah. do a very great job of always in the distance. Yep. You know, behind the like shaking hands of like, hey, we did it. We're going to have to rebuild this government. Let's do it together. But in the background, there's just this monolith standing, waiting to yeah. come back, waiting. It's not even the like he slinks off into the water and we watch the waters and we wait for him to come. Yeah. He's lo- just waiting for the day when he just wakes back up and just picks right back up where he left off. And, oh, yeah. And there's demonic humanoids on his tail. Which was weird, and I, I wasn't sure if I was even going to bring it up in this episode, because that clearly was a tease for a sequel that we are not getting, because Toho had said, we're yeah. not doing another one. Yeah. What did you guys, do you guys have any readings on what it was? I kind of agree with what a lot of the people on the internet have said, but. I don't, like, there's some weird thing on the internet about the, was it a grandpa or an uncle or something that had been searching for Godzilla? Yeah. And they think he found him and somehow merged his body into Godzilla. That's kind of what I was thinking too, which is why I, I was confused. I don't understand that. Like, why would he do that? How would, I don't know. Yeah, but, there was some weird stuff like that on the, that they never kind of get into and they never plan to. So it's kind of confusing making that be the last shot where it's like, so that was that like aspects of the guy who disappeared was he a part of that? Was he? Is he Godzilla? Like, did he summon it? Like, what? What? There's like this weird extra mystery that they just kind of like let dangle. It yeah. left it at a bit of a question. So I can see why people might find the end a bit disappointing, but it made me kind of be like, well, I want to know more. Well, it's only disappointing because Toho had said we're not doing another one. It's it just felt really odd to me because looking at that tale, I had the same sense of like confusion that I had at the end of uh, like Prometheus. Oh, sure. Where I was yeah. like, whoa, wait, we have a new thing. It's not... What's the point of that? Like, I, it was this totally the, lost this... on me. It, like, it felt very odd. But luckily with Prometheus, Alien Covenant came along and answered all of our questions. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. It actually made it all worse. Um, <laughs> and then you realize that there's uh, answers you don't need. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I kind of like the vagaries of it. I like the... And again, the movie does a whole lot. And I think even the like the folks that all of a sudden are in the marching in the streets like Godzilla is God. We will worship him. We're ready just because like and it's like almost in a a World War Z sort of way, which, again, I think the that's in the great list of books to like movie adaptations of books that failed spectacularly. World War Z would take one idea, give you five pages, 10 pages on it. And just like check that box and then yeah. move on and just give you such empty space to fill in of like, even after this, can you imagine the Godzilla cult that because oh he's God. just sitting in the middle of the city? Like, yeah, people are going to just be like someday he's coming back to save us all. Oh, yeah. Like they'd the open new- a restaurant underneath him. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he'll be like the, the, the winner is coming of Japan. It's just like, oh, he'll wake up someday. Yeah, he's coming. 
But just like, at least Japan's going to get a huge tourism boost. Sure. We wouldn't go see. I would, I'd be on a plane right now. Oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I drove, I drove by the Cinerama Dome just to see his head poke out the top. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm trying to think of anything else that we can kind of move into. Like, that's really everything I had to say. Chewie, you kind of missed the front. Was there anything you really wanted to say about this movie? Um, production design wise, it was very interesting. It, like they really stuck to the bureau- bureaucracy theme of yeah. this movie. Even just the montage of them setting up the printers one, and, yeah, and, them all just lining the printers up together, putting up the stand, the laptops, and I'm just of, like, yeah, folding tables. This is like, <laughs> it almost felt absurd in its monotony. Yeah, like, yeah. Ray, uh, when we watched again last, we've seen it both times together. Uh, loves the beige carpets. Oh goodness! And the it really, yeah. I was like, this is such a arm chairs. Like a it's boring, so boring. I can boring. also imagine the layer of dirt that comes off if you were to like put your hand on there, or a wet paper towel on the oh, carpet. Yeah. There that was layer no of dirt. dirt, though. That's but the I mean, other like, thing about yeah. the offices; they were sterile. As a sterile, bo- but like aged. Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of what I'm. Oh, that that little closet that where they meet the first the like the boring biologists that come <laughs> oh, in. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna need more data. To, <laughs> that is the most depressing like like wood paneled closet. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And it just but every room as and again as they're big and little and you know exactly where you are. Yeah. You know yeah. exactly what that room is for. They'll have a giant room with like three people having a very important meaning in this little like corner. Yeah. And, but they have this big establishing shot to show you this boring bureaucratic room that's dealing with really crazy stuff. And then no one knows what they're doing in that regard. And I love when people, I loved the mirror of all that. I like when people interrupted each other in those rooms, in those meetings, because they would just be turning around in their seat and be very polite, like, uh, but did you consider that Godzilla was a monster? <laughs> and then another guy in a different corner, uh, I did not, but uh, there's a lot of people to worry about. You know, like, they would turn and be very polite, and I thought that was... I actually loved that the end prime minister was uh, the minister of agriculture. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Because it's just all, like, the guy who's supposed to be in charge of the environment, in a way, is now dealing with the absolute ramifications of our disregard for the environment. And he is the best line in my movie, in the whole movie, in my opinion. Um, Which, if we have nothing else to say, we can move into quotes. Sure, Sure. let's do it. Uh, I didn't save one because I wasn't sure if I was going to be on this. Um, well, I was just going to say, if you don't, since it's tough with a movie in a different language to always remember specific lines. And uh, we had to watch it and we, dubbed. Yeah, where we rented it was so dubbed. So frustrating. Which was awful. Um, so I only have one line, but if you have a favorite moment instead of a line, I will take that for this episode. Um, but I'll go first. Mine was right when the uh, Prime Minister of Agriculture became the Prime Minister of the country. And uh, he's eating his lunch, and he's just so disappointed. And he looks down and he's like, Oh, the noodles have gone soggy. <laughs> it's just it's like I know the job would be tough, but this is awful. <laughs> that was that was great. Oh, poor guy. Uh, I've got two okay. that I saved that I think really sum up largely what this movie is. And again, uh, the neither of these are any of the main characters. I think that Rando is actually walking behind these two guys in a hallway, and this is the whole movie right here. Uh, where the two guys are talking. One says, so much red tape, every action requires a meeting. Uh, that's the foundation of democracy. 
even to hold a press conference. Like that's the, (laughs) you know, that's the foundation of democracy. The guy says with like a a smile and a wink. Um, And then the other one is uh, the first time in the acting, the prime minister is so good. Um, We didn't even touch on, I love the moment where, uh, they're like, just don't be specific. And he oh, gets yeah. out there and he's like, it'll never come on ground. And the guy comes <laughs> running out across another giant stage. Yeah. This guy goes, what? Huh? Apparently it's come ground. It's just like, I love it. The timing and pacing. Ah, anyway, but another perfect prime minister moment is the general looks at him and he's like, it's a tough decision, sir. But to prevent further calamity, your authorization is needed. And the guy goes, right this instant? Like, it's like, what, now? Are you serious? Like, the guy is like, the whole room turns and looks at him, and he's like, what, now? Like, and yeah, it's, uh, uh, I love this. It's such a good, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Great moment. Then, uh, I suppose I would oh. lean into the line that I actually really enjoyed. Oh, the, sure. The prime minister before he died. Every time someone looked at him and went, you have to make a decision. And he just... Couldn't handle it. The, the, the watery look in his eyes of like, I, I'll what? make it this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Why now? Why now? Uh, I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit different. Uh, the scene with the uh, kind of the explosive re- bloody gill scene. Kind of oh, in boy. that whole section where there were bureaucracy and then suddenly like boats are crashing. But there, this moment was such an interesting shift in what I was expecting. And I think that's the standout moment for me. I don't have a quote, but that moment with the, the guts coming out of the gill just meant, oh, sure. told me that this movie is going to be uh, playing with things that I was expecting and be yeah. a little bit different and take things in a different way. And it kind of made me sit up in my seat a little bit more and uh, pay a little bit more attention. That works. Oh, here's one random, just because as we're all fans of this. Do you think, I mean, I think the movie kind of answers this a little bit, but if they would have the first helicopter salvo where Godzilla was still squishy when they aborted the mission, would that have taken Godzilla down? Do you think? Probably not. No. 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 Yeah. I I, I debate that because he's not quite like he's not a hard boy yet. But like I, I debate whether I'm very curious as to. But it doesn't get brought up a lot later in the movie. Yeah. When I think it could have because I feel like there's a possibility they could have at least winged him. Pretty Maybe, good. but I, I feel like there, there's enough lines throughout the movie of like, we're not even sure if he can be killed. Right. That makes me think like, oh, he, they might have just injured the fuck out of him, but, but he would still eventually be yeah. Godzilla. Uh, that actually brings up one criticism that I have of this movie really fast. Uh, really fast. Uh, I still irritates me that Godzilla didn't have eyelids. Yeah, we, we did talk about the eyes. Yeah, okay. we're, we're all kind of pro his crazy I, I love those eyes. big googly eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Godzilla's always had eyelids. He's always looked a little bored sometimes when he's fighting the humans, and I always kind of liked that. <laughs> he, he's not shooting out fire. He's yawning. <laughs> this is boring. You, you guys are boring. You think you're going to hurt me? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, re- uh, review system for today, I think, will be easy, but we'll find out. It's any kaiju movie. Any movie with a big-ass monster in it. Oh, I'll, I'll start. Sure. Because I'm going to rob the good one, I think. I'm Uh-oh. sorry. Um, the Host. Okay. I feel okay, like cool. this is um, a sp- if the host is about a family drama with a giant monster in it, this is a political drama with a giant monster in it uh, in a way that it takes your expectations of how this movie is supposed to be structured, how the action is supposed to play out, and it kind of really turns it and refocuses it in a way that is uh, very satisfying and pleasing. The host also does a good job of who is and isn't supposed to be, who's supposed to survive. Yeah. They do not play by those rules in that movie. No. Um, 
I'm going to go real cheap on this, and I apologize to everyone around the table who isn't Johnny because he already went. I'm going with the, the little movie from the 50s, Gojira. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I, Never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm using the original just because this movie is just such a, uh, while being its own thing, such a love letter to the original. I mean, it uses all the original music, uh, has a lot of like callback shots. It's just obviously very much in love with the original movie while using it to be its own thing. So using it to kind of review it's a little bit of a cheap shot, but I think it works. I'll go with uh, Kong Skull Island. Okay. Uh, in terms of my expectations and how they were subverted uh, and how like with this one, Shin Godzilla, it was the expectation was that it would be spectacle, that it became actually much more smart commentary and a lot more thoughtful. Whereas I was, exp- I was kind of expecting somewhere in the middle for Kong Skull Island or just something less than what it was. Yeah. And I like that both kind of surprised me in their own specific ways. Sure. Last but not least. Well, I'm probably going to go with Pacific Rim. Okay. Because I think uh, this is like a precursor to Pacific Rim, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Because if you guys remember in that movie, they talk about when the first uh, kaiju came out of the ocean or whatnot and started attacking cities. And then how they reacted by making giant robots and then they just kind of made fun plush toys out of the kaiju and we we're like they're not really a threat anymore we figured it out and i think oh yeah this is like a prequel i could see that sure yeah. that works uh, and i really enjoy pacific rim mm-hmm. i love that movie i even regrettably enjoy the sequel i don't hate it it's- i haven't seen the sequel <laughs> i don't hate it. It's not a great movie, but it's it's, it's entertaining as hell. I think it's, it's on time. actually. I think it's on HBO still. I better check that out before before yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah, it's it's not gonna like not gonna blow you away, but you'll have fun with it. Yeah, uh, soundtrack is great. Um, that's everything for today. So I guess we should move into plugs and say goodbye. Mm. I guess that's what happens now. Yeah. Yeah. Things end. Things they have do. endings. <laughs> Uh, so we've already plugged God. the shows that I, I, I want to uh, I want to plug. So I'm just going to plug next week's episode of After the Hype, where we are talking a movie that I am so excited to talk about. The fact that we didn't talk about it before the hiatus kind of annoyed me a little bit, but the schedule just worked out that way. So I'm so excited to talk about Aquaman next week, uh, and next week for us is in like 20 minutes. So I'm I get to get right there. You have to wait a whole week. So for that, I apologize. But tune in next week. We are bringing back former co-host Ryan James to chat with us about the movie that he thinks saved the DCEU, even though we're not allowed to call it that anymore. Uh, oh, what are we supposed to call it now? Just DC? Yeah, just okay. DC. Cool. Which I'm, I'm fine with. I'm totally fine with that. That works. John, anything to plug? Uh, just Demon Days, our uh, D&D podcast. We're uh, a few episodes in now, and we're getting into some more character uh, backstories. It's yeah. fun. And we're starting to put in um, a few little journal entries from the various characters as the plot will allow without spoiling anything and just fun little looks into the character. I'm excited where the story's going. I've been debating on doing one of those myself. Go ahead. Um, I want to wait till everyone else is done, though. Okay. I want to hear everybody else's first. Yeah. It's tough to I've not- got some uh, like poetry from the world and like uh, little tidbits, things that are a little bit more like world building in, in mind a little bit later. But Part of me just wants to get rip-roaringly drunk and just record it in character, just like, I had my ale. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Demon Days, uh, I'm having more fun with it than I've had in a long time. Being behind uh, the camera, uh, it's fun to get in front of it. Uh, but if you want to just watch my name go by on some other interesting things, again, Unicorn Stores on Netflix uh, and Perpetual Grace, I think, is going to be surprising to a lot of people and get on the train early. Excited to watch it. 
Uh, so that's it for today. Johnny, thank you so much for hey, jumping on. Yeah, I love to be here. Yeah, when I mentioned we're doing this episode, he immediately went, I do love Shin Godzilla. <laughs> like, well, then who else do I ask to be on it? That's just worked You got to bring me in when I genuinely don't like something at some point because I feel like I just come in and babble about how wonderful yeah. we the brought things your wife I love on are. Once. That's true. Yeah, we brought her on for Famously. Uh, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. She, she was not a fan. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing is, though, in defense of my wife, I think that she actually is. Uh, she's She loves that movie. And I think she wanted something more from it. Yeah, oh, that's fair. A, yeah. It's that's a fair. great movie with a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And she did a great job. Go back and listen to our Blade Runner 2049 to hear her just rip into that thing. And poor Kyle's just like, oh, I, poor I, Kyle's like, I, I loved it. I built a coat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, mean? I did amazing cosplay for it. <laughs> All right. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week. Aquaman. And bye. Bye.